Welcome back to another episode of Black Man Do Talk, where we have <laughs> overdue conversations from a black man's perspective. It's your boy, Caleb Everly Berry. I'm one of your hosts, Street Hems. What's up, y'all? My name is Trey. And we have an amazing guest. Yes, indeed. Jamal Solid brother. Clark. Tell yes, us who sir. you are. Oh, you just did. My bad. This is who I am. That's what's up, man. Fellas, how, yes, how, how your week been? How, how, we can talk about this for a little, couple of seconds. Yeah. Couple seconds. I'm gonna keep it. I forgot what I did this week. That's a real thing. Oh no, no, no. So I, I technically had like a housewarming um, on July 4th. I, but I think I really want to have a fun a night. Actual housewarming because yeah. I didn't know people give gifts at housewarmings. Oh, that's a re- yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna have to. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, you're right. I you had this random vase that you ain't gonna open for. The I next need another four toaster. Months. You feel me? <laughs> I can use another toaster. Indeed. Maybe if somebody give me one of them ninja blenders. Did you? Do you oh, prefer a toaster or like the what they call it? The air fryer. I have an air fryer. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, but I have a toaster. But like, apparently, you're supposed to get multiple toasters. So I'm really? like, I'm short because everybody don't. They don't. They're not getting creative. Yeah, but now you have like the wish list on Amazon. So I True just make like a wish list. You got a send that mug to them. You got Amazon storefront. Like I probably get like maybe like a dog door or something. A dog door. Yeah. Yeah, because you got them two little minions. You got one evil one and the other yeah. one. The pit. Which one's the evil one? The pit bull or the small one? Pee wee. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Like, if you leave me alone with Pee Wee and you don't look for too long, I might kick him. He's just old, bro. Damn, and you know, bro. Chihuahua's got that, like, every every Chihuahua's is demon possessed. Like, <laughs> I will punt that. They dog. say the older you get, the less you care. He just be coming at everybody. Yeah. I was like, except Ugh. for Mike. He'll never come to my mic. Oh, yeah. indeed. But I had a good week. That's what's up, man. How was, uh, how was yours? Oh, he was amazing. Yeah. How w- man, you went yeah. to camp. You went to camp, yeah, bro. You was in camp. You went right great. back to camp. I went. Dang. I went to. You went the, home. Went home on Fourth yeah. of July. Oh, you know what's interesting? Fourth of July is no longer the week to go. Really? Let that's, me tell you that's, something. That's Let me tell you something. Crazy. Let me tell you something. One, there was only a total of like a hundred kids at three. Only a hundred. Less than a hundred, actually. Less than a hundred at three. Oh man. Yeah. That's they crazy. said. They said. They said Juneteenth. They was maxed out. I mean, that makes sense. Oh, that's a, yeah. So look. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. That's a good change. That's a, actually, that is a good change. We need a button for that. That is a good change. That's a great change. I actually like, so I'm here for that. Okay. So it's, it's Juneteenth, Juneteenth, and then this week, session six, uh-huh. everybody's going because apparently Lecrae goes now. So that's when he goes. So okay. Oh, um, okay. one community is bringing like 300 kids. Alone, indeed, yeah, sounds yeah, about right. They got a, yeah. they got a huge. Group. So which yeah. week is OCBF right now? I was about to say, when is OCBF going now? Week three. Oh, they were yeah. Juneteenth. Ah. Juneteenth, I heard was turned up, bro. I'm trying you know to go next crazy? year. You know what's crazy? In the midst of us always going to camp, and even like me being Oak Cliff Bible, mm-hmm. we never celebrate Juneteenth at camp. I just realized we, like, that was never a thing. Yeah, it was always celebrate June, July Fourth. Yeah. I, I yeah. didn't even realize that's crazy. Not at all. Yeah, but I think we did at one. I think Chantel and Antoine. Was like, yeah, we got, we got to talk about Juneteenth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Was, was like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, 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 we feel yeah, talk about I'm glad y'all knew during that look. I, I just heard about this what, several years ago. Yeah, I ain't know this was, I ain't know it was a thing. Yeah, yeah. Fam, I ain't know it was a thing. Yeah, but it was good, man. Uh, my kids really enjoyed it. I always enjoy taking kids who swear up and down they're not going to enjoy it, and then <laughs> yeah, on the. 
on, on yeah. the way back, I got kids on the bus game banging their cabins. <laughs> <laughs> nigga, this big tray over here, nigga. <laughs> Nigga, I'm Ace Deuce, nigga. Yeah, All right, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's the All good right, look guys. about that life. About yeah. that life. My week was uh, my week was uh, productive. Uh, it was a productive week, man. I'm doing some creative work for just different people. I just was not expecting to. So y'all already know I love coffee. Eventually have my coffee shop, but uh, I'm gonna be doing some stuff for Soul Ray Coffee Shop. Let's go. Some graphics designs for them. So that was actually pretty nice. dope, man. That's actually dope, 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 So dope. yeah, so that's what I've been doing all week Just getting that stuff together What about you, sir? Well, my birthday was yesterday mm. so, Happy birthday, man Yeah, yes, sir. appreciate Happy you. birthday, my boy So, birthday, um, man. yeah, man So we went to brunch Then I got chopped up yep. Then uh, when I got a massage Okay, so yeah. good. I like the way you said that A yeah. massage How many massages you got in your life? You got in A lot Oh, you, okay, you, you a massage person Yeah Okay, you a yeah. chiropractor person too? Oh, absolutely, man! I'm, I need I need I just, to be I got on that the wave, first bro. the first time you go to the chiropractor, you will you'll feel like you like eighteen. Like yeah. the first time I went, bro, I was in college, but it felt like I was like a brand new man. Yeah. Like it's 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 crucial. Indeed, yeah. okay, yeah. Get you but right. yeah, we just we celebrated and uh, yeah, I had a good weekend. So that's what's up. That's what's yeah. up, man. What's up? Let's get to it. I love All it. All right. So let's try. What we on today, y'all? What we yeah. what we talking about? What we talking about today, man. So it's crazy. We actually had this conversation last year, and that was one of the episodes where, in the midst of us still working on production, <laughs> the audio was lost, video was halfway there. It oh was crazy. Gosh. Is that conversation was crazy? It was, it was, it was wild. It was that a really conversation good conversation. Was still got it. Yeah. It's just the only audio we had was coming from the, the camera. Yeah, yeah. Was, I was like, man, it's not even. It's, it's I, but I'm glad we're redoing it because I was I was really raw in that episode. Like, I'm gonna be gonna be raw again. I, now you finna turn up. I'm finna. Yeah. Oh, I'm still gonna be. Okay. I'm still gonna turn Praise up. Yeah, no, I'm still gonna turn up. That's what we want, but we I feel like I've thought I've thought through a lot yeah, more. Yeah, yeah I processed. Yeah, emotional. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's yes. more refined. More I think it's very. Well, a lot of people didn't realize when I made that post. It was very personal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I had a lot of. Experience, so for sure, for yeah. sure, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Y'all can just kind of fill in right here. You know what I'm yeah, pick a <laughs> pick a chair, any chair. Pick indeed, a chair, indeed. any chair. Y'all gonna pull away from the camera? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the chairs are there for a reason. Yes. The indeed. chairs are there for indeed. a reason. Um, yeah. So that chair was out right there for the hot seat. But if you can go, probably. Ah, so we lied. You can't pick any chair. <laughs> yeah, you, can you can't pick any chair. <laughs> Any chair but that one. I, I love y'all. There Welcome you back. Amazing. The love is real. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right. So yeah. <laughs> okay. So do you remember the post that sparked the whole conversation on Facebook? Yes. Yeah. So I have the post right here. So okay. The original post was churches with no indigenous roots planting churches in South Dallas is contributing more to gentrification than they are the kingdom of God. Hmm. Wow. And this was on Facebook. Warning, 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 <laughs> warning. So it was, it was a war zone. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. And what was, uh, what were some of the comments that you were seeing on there? You probably look right. I was about to say, yeah. Nah, some, I don't have it. I mean, it's a year ago, so I don't For have sure. it pulled up. But from off top, a lot of the comments were like, if they're plant, like, what's wrong with planting a church? Like, why not? And then they're the most popular church mm -hmm. that most people know about 
that's planting in South Dallas yeah. was consistently mentioned. So some people were like, why are y'all calling out this church? Da, 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 da. Yeah. But I didn't specify any what specific church, church because yeah. I know that there are multiple and there's yeah. one a church that I used to be a part of that yeah. is also planting after a church that I was that I was actually sent out previously that I was a part of in the community for three or four years. So, um, but yeah, most people are just coming in saying like, what, you know, why, you know, a lot of people subtly made it about race, even though I didn't explicitly make it about race. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was just a lot of people were just heated because it's like, why shouldn't a church plant in South? Why shouldn't a church plant somewhere where there's not a need? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so would, would you say that for you, the issue isn't necessarily church planning at all? It's just Absolutely not. how they yeah. go about it. Exactly. And, about and, it. and the arrogance of planting yeah. without considering and consulting, one, the community, but also people who've already done it. Yeah. So yeah. the context was, um, for me, one, so I had already been a part of a church plant in South Dallas yeah, and experienced a lot of the grief and the heartache and a lot of pain that came from a church that was planted and dissolved a few years later and just uh, the wreckage that Same. came from that. Same. Um, yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we were yeah. very, we worked Our very closely together. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, for me, a lot of it was it was it was a very sensitive issue, but it's something that had been brewing. Like even like Derek, Derek made a that track. Um, it is what it is, and he said uh, like churches move into our hood, but they don't come and speak. Though they gentrify, we risk our life selling dope. Probably die not knowing Christ. And I remember hearing that in 2018. We were in the midst of South Dallas Community Church was yeah. the name of the church that we had planted. Um, and I remember hearing that and was just like, yo, cause I, cause there were starting to be rumbles about Watermark and others like planting in South Dallas. And I was just like, y'all, y'all not he- like, are y'all here? Like, yeah. what are y'all doing here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you think that, cause ideally, I guess for somebody who's not a particular church planter, ideally in my mind, I would say that um, it would it would be beneficial to see who's already there and then upgrade what they already have. But do you believe that doctrine plays such an important role in a lot of these church planters because their ideals behind what doctrines they desire to push would conflict with the churches that are already there, which were why they really wouldn't want to actually upgrade those and help those churches out? Absolutely, okay. that's exactly what it is. That's, that's 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 in my mind. That's what I'm. That's what I think it will be first, because you know, um, especially honestly, the the ones I see able to do church planting are typically a part of the SBC. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, or um, like adjacent. Yeah, adjacent. Uh, they have support, etc. And I don't. I don't know. Like like, how often do you see the the black church? That you know has been having the same uh, fifty members for a while. A lot of the communities mm-hmm. older. You know, how often do you see any of that ever, quote unquote, progressing um, in the aspect of you know upgrading? Because 
if you've already had the same type of finance your entire uh, the last 50 years, then mm-hmm. next you know you have these people coming in and saying, hey, we're going to do good for your hood. We're going to actually help yeah. the community. We're gonna, it's like, well, that's our desire too. You know exactly. Yeah. But we don't have the resources. Yeah. Exactly. And if y'all have the resources, if it's exactly. kingdom, then. That, that was one of my main issues because people are like, well, why not plant? And one of the biggest things is like, there's 130 churches in South Dallas already. I was about to say, bro. There's literally 130 yes. churches. Yes. And South and for people who don't know, and I made this comment on the post kind of as a as a joke, but South Dallas is not Southern Dallas. South Thanks. Dallas is sunny South Dallas, yeah. Fair Park, MLK, Malcolm X, Pine, exactly. MLK, yeah. Bear Street, you know, LC Bear Ray Street, Bon Time, yep. Fofo, Fo, Fo, Deuce, exactly. like. If you don't know none of that lingo, you shouldn't be planting no church in South Dallas. That's first facts. of all, you yeah. if you can't if you don't know the word South Side the Realest, you should be planting no church in South Dallas. Me? If you can't <laughs> nah, play South Side the Realest, come on, <laughs> the drug dealers kill us. Sharks and gorillas, <laughs> hope that you hear this. Who said, said that we said stay out of this? Man. Don't deal do with this. If your car don't change color like chameleon lizards, don't come here. <laughs> Southside is the realest. I'ma make you feel it. Yeah, Microphone blizzard. Out on the pod. Got to get mine. Come and stay killers. Oh my, my bad, yeah. my bad, my bad. My I wish I could help. It was crazy. I wish I could help, but I was crazy. I'm It was crazy. I was in high school. In Carrollton, Texas, crazy bumping Southside the realest. <laughs> like I was from South Dallas, yeah. And then yeah. I moved yeah. to South Dallas in sense. 2016, <laughs> and I literally lived off of X and Pine, yeah. which was it was crazy, like full hey. circle, God moment, bro. It it was it was for me when I. Like, we grew up singing. I was from Arlington, Texas. I grew up singing Oak Cliff, That's My Hood. Yeah, yeah, You know what I'm saying? Same, I, nigga. For the, for the longest the time, I thought it was saying, like, Billy Joe. That's my Billy hood. Joe. I thought it. I thought that what it was. Then Billy I actually Jokes. moved to Village Oaks. What? And I, I lived there for two years. I'm like, oh, snap. Village Oaks, that's my hood. I'm like, mm. Village, that's really my hood now. Yeah. You feel me? And yeah. the songs you was, you made was more really sense. out there. <laughs> the songs made way more sense yeah. when you start actually yeah. living there. And it's like, wow. And so, I, man, I, I, I think that when you talk about, uh, man, becoming all things to all men, mm-hmm. and you're, you're, you're a plant, some, <laughs> we, as a, as so when I was in Village Oaks, um, one of the things I learned was farming, right? Yeah, I remember. And I remember what I realized was, is that even though I could plant certain seeds in the ground, if the pH balance wasn't right, Mm. Or wasn't in particular seasons, I shouldn't have been planting right there. Yeah. Mm. That's good. And so, in the same way, if you're planting on foreign ground where a seed cannot grow, mm. then what's the whole purpose of being there? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. yeah. if anything, all you're going to do is strip out nutrients elsewhere. Sheesh. And then if you're not familiar with the different soil and then the, dif- the different seeds and soil. how to plant certain seeds in, in which seasons, yeah. then you're also going to be you're going to be lost as well. And that's the thing. A lot of people playing in South Dallas. They don't know the history. Like I said, South Dallas is only like 30,000 people. Like that's like the population. Most of black community, partly Hispanic, and very, very, very small white percentage in South Dallas. But it used to be um, a Jewish community. Um, and then there was a lot. Yeah. And there was a flight. Uh, there was a, I mean, you say white flight, but they're Jewish. But they like, they 
like they went and left and like Temple Emmanuel, like over in Preston Hollow, like mm-hmm. that's what, like the area that a lot of the the natives that were from South Dallas moved to. But like a lot of black people moved into South Dallas and tried to move out, and there, literally there were there were houses that were bombed in South Dallas. That was some of the history that I learned before I moved in, into the community and before wow. we planted. Literally, there was this dude named uh, Zach Middleton, brilliant dude, went to DTS, like just brilliant guy. He did like a, I think it was like 70, 80 page history of South Dallas. Wow. Interviewed people, read books like White Metropolis and the accommodation and all those books about the history of Dallas. And like compiled, like this is the history of South Dallas. And like, so our planter, Billy, so Billy Rose, he, he worked for Champions of Hope in the community for a long time alongside um, Carly. And Billy had lived in South Dallas for a minute before he planted and saw a need. And the major reason why we had planted was because of the relationships we had through Champions of Hope because we mm. were building relationships with these kids in yeah. Lincoln and Madison, et cetera, Dade, et cetera. But then also um, because we, we were building relationships with the, the families as well. Yeah. And so we were taking these kids. Imagine this, you in South Dallas, right? We taking these kids from South Dallas all the way up to North Dallas, to the village, where most of us, this is where we planted from. We're, we're taking them, these mentors are coming from North Dallas, hmm. driving to South Dallas, taking kids right back up to the village to watch Matt Chandler on the screen, hmm. and then come right back. And so Billy was like, man, like we, need, like, we need a church here, you know what I mean, in the community. Um, so that's what led us to plant, but even still, there was... I mean, if Billy was here, I mean, he's go- he's probably going to share his story in the future on at his own time as he feels um, he's ready. But um, there, there's probably a lot that we still would have changed, and we still saw a need. But but being sent out from the village, there was just a, there was just a lot there that um, yeah that we probably wish we could have. Could have changed, yeah. For I was about sure. to say one one of the things you mentioned earlier was just uh, just a lack of understanding the community before you decide to plant. You know what I'm saying? One of the things I appreciate. So I go to uh, Trinity Gospel Church. Uh, it's in South Oak Cliff. Um, it's a church plant from the village. Is uh, our pastor's pastor Bishop, uh, first name Randall. So shouts out to you. Uh, one of the things I've seen him do on a consistent basis was be because he's been in this community for a minute now. You know what I'm saying? This brother knows the statistics of like demographics. He knows where certain things are. He knows the neighbors. He talks to his neighbors. He reaches out to his neighbors. He goes to Deep Ellum because we're kind of we're kind of close to Deep Ellum area mm-hmm. um, as well, and just like building relationships with the people, like even the restaurants owners there. So you're saying like you don't see that whatsoever when these churches come in to try to bring out whatever they're trying to bring. Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. I do. I don't see that a lot mm-hmm. of times, but it's also, it's, it's really asking the question, why? Mm-hmm. Why are you there? Because even Trinity, because Trinity was sent out by the village as mm-hmm. well. But even then, I mean, I had met with Randall yeah, 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 like yeah. Um, shortly after the village had announced that they were planting yeah. because I was like, yo, it like I found out it, this was like less than a year. Yeah. After our church had dissolved. Yeah. So I, when I saw a post on Instagram, 
that they're planting another church in South Dallas. Yeah. I was just like, did y'all not learn from us? Yeah. Like, y'all, y'all not shepherding us right now. Like, mm. no one's reached. Y'all probably reached out to Billy. Yeah. But, I mean, but, yeah, I don't want to put so Billy's is, business out. Is, is it still too, going right now? Like, the, the, the church plans ha- happen or what? Like, to my ours? No, the, the, the most recent one. No, that's the church that Caleb yeah. said, yeah. We're, 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 a, we're a house church, and we just invite people over to the crib. Oh, that's what's up. No, I, I, meant, yeah. I meant the the one that basically the whole post was about. Did it actually go through? Well, I don't know how it's transitioned because it sounds uh, like it's well, it's uh, different. You talking about from what? I'm talking about uh, Bishop. Yeah, I'm talking yeah, about Randy. No, like that's like we're still in the growing stages. Of okay, it, you okay. Know what I'm saying like we have our outings yeah, yeah, yeah. in the community. Like every we done been to like three different parks in South Oakland. Gotcha. Just like you know what I'm saying, just trying to start the community, let them know what we got out here and stuff like that. And so, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. No, that's what's up. Okay, Would you? Oh, well, I was going to say, would you also say a lot of these churches come in to make the people to be who they are? Whether it be theologically, whether it be culturally, they try to change what they're seeing to. I mean, I have no idea. I mean, there's no way for me to know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that that often is a byproduct. I don't think that's probably a, the goal a intention. Yeah, yeah, that's an intention like right on the top. But I feel like a lot of times that's what happens because one of, like I said, there's a lot of churches planting in South Dallas. Well, I don't say a lot, but there's there's no, a handful. A I can name five on top yeah, of there's a Yeah, there's a handful, and I'm sure there's probably going to be more as South Dallas continues to be gentrified. But... It's all money. It's all money based. That that is the main thing. That's hmm. that's my main question. So if there if there's a church that is planting is considering planting or has already planted or is in the process of planting, and they're you know they happen to be listening to this or you're a member of a watermark or a village or whatever or these other churches that are planting, the question I would ask you is, why not join one of the 130? There are solid churches down there, Truly, Cornerstone, Salem. Like, there's a ton of solid churches down there already. Um, so why not join one of them? Um, two, do you have enough history, one, with indig- indigenous people in the community, or even just middle-class black people already in your congregations? Because there are people, there are middle-class black people that are a part of these congregations who have had bad experiences I, I, with I th- I think different churches. I think that is kind of the the first time I heard it was from a, a African lady. She called it neo-colonialism. Mm. I, I, I think that's essentially mm. what non-cultural Christianity pushes. Mm. So it's, hey, we're all one color. We're all one race. We're all one body. Yeah. And so why, if we're all one body, am I worrying about cultural things the culture mm-hmm. that we're supposed to care about is the kingdom good lord and in the midst of that there it's i would say that's knowledge without understanding mm-hmm. like you're knowledgeably speaking things that you could correlate to scripture but mm-hmm. you're not understanding what that meant wisdom you know and that's kind of what we we kind of chopped it up even with theo blue with yeah when he came through it was it was essentially we we could start to understand and learn theology and teach theology with a cultural lens mm-hmm. and stop mm-hmm. trying to blind out. It's like, well, this is the, the natural context of the scriptures. This is, this is mm-hmm. how the scriptures are supposed to. It's like, well, I think every culture from the start of Jesus up until now has read scriptures in light of their culture. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's always wrong. Yeah, Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, 
Christ can relate to all of us despite our culture. For sure. Exactly. You know what I'm even with the, the Gospels were written based off the culture, too. Yeah. You exactly. Know what I'm yeah. Three, it's, it's three different perspectives, four different perspectives. Yeah, four different perspectives. Perspectives from four different Straight types truth, of but they going to, yeah, but you're gonna, it's going to be mm -hmm. translated over. And the, the crazy thing, though, about the cultural piece is knowing that you're planting a church in South Dallas you have to understand the culture of South Dallas and even why you're choosing to be in South Dallas. For example, when we were a part of South Dallas Community Church, something very interesting happened, especially considering now that uh, specifically Watermark that's there. I forgot what year it was, but I remember our church was still going. And they did um, the porch. Uh, people who are not familiar with with Watermark, uh, Watermark has a huge young adult ministry called Maybe. The Porch that a lot of people go, thousands of young adults it's go dope. to. Um, I've been to it several times. I've been um, edified every time I've, want, I've gone. It's, been, it's a really good service. But they, uh, they started one in South Dallas a few years ago. I don't know. I forget what year. It, was, it, was, it had to be anywhere between like 2016 and 2019, anywhere in between then. But I remember them starting the porch in South Dallas, and guess what they called it? The porch downtown. And I was thinking, y'all, y'all in South Dallas. Now, granted, they were in the Cedars. Yeah. The Cedars is the already gentrified area yeah, of South sure. Dallas. But that is South, it's 75215. It's still yeah. South Dallas. That's South Dallas. You, I can so see in my mind, yeah. So in my mind, I'm thinking, yo, okay, y'all are in South Dallas. Yeah, y'all are Watermark. Like, y'all got people in real estate. Like, y'all know this is South Dallas. Why are y'all calling this the Porch Downtown? At the time, it wasn't sexy to be in South Dallas. So it's like, the, so the moment that I heard they were planning at South Dallas, I was just like, well, y'all already tried the porch downtown. Yeah. What happened to that? <laughs> you know what I mean? And why, why all of a sudden y'all want to come to South Dallas and play it? And I was like, I would just, I mean, and maybe, I mean, I mean, giving them the benefit of the doubt, maybe they genuinely did not know. Maybe they really did not know Who knows? that this was actually South Dallas. I mean. But <laughs> wow, that's a bar. The rocking chair. Every rocking chair. Got a rocking chair. That's wild. Bruh. I'm not gonna lie. So we actually did our Bible study every Tuesday night, and um, when people would try to like not go to our Bible study, they go to the porch. And so we was like, "Yo, man, yeah, because it was on Tuesdays." Yeah, yeah. I remember. So 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 we we called our Bible study the balcony because we over that's the porch. What you called it the balcony. You called it the balcony. <laughs> That's actually hilarious. No shots, no shots at it. It was, it was a joke. Too late. Too late. It was, it was, it was just like, man, how come nobody comes to the balcony anymore? We go to the porch. Man, come to the balcony. <laughs> go to the because they would have to sit in the balcony because there's so many people. You feel me? Yeah. Play yeah. on words. I, you know, I think it's man. I don't know. I I see this from a from a person who's been working nonprofit for like six years at this point in that in that area. I see this from like so many different perspectives. But I think the biggest thing, and, and you know, you, you're, you're saying it over and over, it's worth repeating, is when you go somewhere to serve people, you have to know them. And I think the, and, and the tough part about getting to know someone is that you have to be okay when people don't initially let you in. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. And I think what, so 
a good example of this. So in 2018, I took some kids up to camp, and I met. I was there at the same time as the Madison uh, football team. So got connected oh, with the coaches. Uh, me and Coach Gates and, and, and Miller and Barnes, we really hit it off. I come back, and so the whole week we're talking about what we do, yada, yada. So we get back. I get a call. Hey, Trey, we, we thought about it. We really want you to be our chaplain. Bet. Let's meet. So I go and meet with the principal. And I'm thinking, okay, I got the athletic director on my side. I got the football coaching staff on my side. Like, we good. Like, I'm, she about to, like, you know, we about to talk about programs. I want to start, yada, yada, yada. And she was like, how you doing? I said, I'm good. How you doing? Why are you here? Oh, I want to serve the kids. You know, something to that effect. Well, what makes you different than the other 18 organizations that want to come in here? I think sometimes we're uncomfortable with earning the right to be in people's space. Yep. And I think sometimes yep. we take advantage of whatever cultural similarities we may have with somebody. Just because I'm black, that doesn't give me the right to go into this school in South Dallas. That doesn't give me a leg up on somebody else. Just because this person's white doesn't mean they have a less value to bring. I think what she uh, reminded me of and what we all need to be reminded of is if you're coming in here with an agenda that is written outside of this community or outside of this school, then you are not on our side. You're on your side. Mm. I think the tough part is getting to know somebody is 100% going to be on their terms, which means yep. if you have an agenda, you better hope that it's a one in a million time that their terms of your agenda line up. But nine times out of ten, it doesn't. And so then we have people handing out bikes, handing out food boxes, and niggas is like, I need a job. Thank you for giving my five-year-old a bike. He had one last year. He tore it up. He ain't getting another one. But thank you for not helping him understand consequences. Yeah. I need help writing a resume. You know what I'm saying? But you wouldn't know that because you didn't take the time to get to know what the and, – and what's crazy is if you just sit in a space for a month, two months, three months – you won't have to ask. You'll see it, and they'll tell you. Man, I remember uh, the first time I had a conversation with an older white gentleman, and, you know, uh, guys put me in spaces sometimes where I'm like, man, how do I develop friendships like these? Um, but in the midst of that, we're just having a conversation. I talk, I talk wherever I'm at. You, you know that. This is true. I know that. So We all know that. I'm talking about gentrification. So I, I mentioned gentrification. And bro, eyes lit up and was like, yeah. And so I realized justification is the same conversation, but two different perspectives, depending on what side mm -hmm. of the spectrum you're on. Facts, facts. Like some people actually look at that as a net positive word. Because yep. it's like, well, the community's becoming better. Mm -hmm. We're pushing out the bad and letting in the good. And so for somebody in the real estate market, mm -hmm. he's like, yeah, gentrification. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, man. Like, if you ever Google gentrification and then type in your city, it's not going to be this long narrative or research study about mm -hmm. how people have been pushed out, how people have been hurt. Because usually the mm -hmm. ones getting gentrified don't have the resources they don't have really a voice. to tell their story. Yeah. And so there's really no – if somebody doesn't do what um, – it wasn't Billy. It was um, – uh, did the, he did the he did the research on South Dallas. Who was that? Oh, Zach. Zach. Yeah, yeah. If somebody didn't do what Zach did, then there's not anybody to actually tell the story of how exactly little by little this apartment complex that's really not mm -hmm. on the map raised our rent at the bare minimum, and then when they got to the level to jump it up, we all got pushed out. 
mm-hmm. because the government allowed him to do so. And mm-hmm. now I have to move to the apartment complex right across the street. That's literally what happened when I was mm-hmm. in Village Oaks. Like, yeah. they, they did not like the fact that mm-hmm. we were staying there off rip. And so they did the little they could to push everybody out yep. by raising the rent to the extent where, like, okay, well, now we got new this, new this, new this, and we painted stuff around. So now, you know, yeah. and they, they tore down my garden, literally uh, built a garden there. We had six different beds. They tore those That's down, crazy. got rid of the studio, and then got rid of the children's program because they had different plans for it. And now it's back to being as hood as it was before because they didn't realize that the people that were in the community to help were there to help. And they thought, mm-hmm. well, if we just make it better and paint over what was already bad, then don't worry, things will get better because then we'll get the residents we really want to have. Mm-hmm. No, fam. All mm-hmm. you're going to have is people that now can afford to live there, but they still exactly. got the same mindset. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And when it comes to planting churches, you got to be a fool to not see it as a strategic move to plant in a, in a pre-gentrified Neighborhood because financially, like, yeah, it's a move. Financially, yeah, financially, yeah, for for the for the property value of the building that you purchase yeah. for cheap. Because uh, again, I know we don't want to name drop, but everybody knows where they're at. Uh, the South Dallas uh, campus of Watermark, they got they got a, a, a Pearl C Anderson. They got Pearl C Anderson. I think it was sub two hundred k. Yeah, that's a that is a public. Yeah, it's public records. Uh, elementary school was it elementary or middle? It was one uh, personally, I'm pretty sure that was an elementary school. It was school. elementary yeah. school. So, I mean, this, 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 this building is huge. Mm-hmm. They got it for cheaper than most people get their houses. And, and, and hear me, I don't, I don't think that is necessarily a bad thing. Because the other side of that was the city was just literally letting that building sit. And, mm-hmm. like, asbestos and mold. It was crazy. Yep. So, I, I don't think that's the problem, right? I think the issue, though, is if you're being strategic, you can't. You can't leave out that, that community in your planning. Exactly. I, I, think, I think that can 100%, 100% be a leverage, uh, a place of leverage, um, a resource, but you cannot leave them out. You can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's the thing, like you were saying, like, Street, like you were saying, like, getting to know, like, the community, getting to know the people that you're serving. The thing is about planting in South Dallas, and like, and like you were saying, Trey, about... Um, like purchasing like the 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 buildings and like using like seeing that as um really like is a cheap it's a cheap sale <laughs> going into <laughs> the community and thinking okay how am i going to enter into this space because you can enter into the space as a as a servant and like knowing like okay like i'm gonna come in and serve but i think there's a lot of there's a theological difference yeah i think in a lot of in how a lot of people approach yeah doing ministry for example so you look at isaiah one a lot of people don't realize like sometimes church and service and praising and piety isn't what god wants yeah yeah a lot of times, God wants justice yeah. over yeah. just religious, you know what I mean, yeah. services. So if you yeah. look at Isaiah 1, it says, What to me are the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord? I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. 
I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required of you this trampling of my courts, bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath in the calling of convocations. I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Now watch this. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Not do charity. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. And I think one of the one of the uh, fundamental, um, I think, theological um, lackings, and I think in church planting in inner city communities is thinking that, oh yeah, this this community needs the gospel. Why, why, why you, yeah, why you not planting in Holland Park? Ain't nobody planting in Holland Park, though. That's where Watermark's former pastor lives in Holland Park. Why aren't y'all planting in Holland Park? Y'all should go plant there. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. They're, they're, uh, so you know, you talk, you quote the Beatitudes, you know, blessed are the poor. But all they're talking, they're talking about poor in spirit, spiritually poor. I was like, well, I mean, there's a lot of spiritually poor people in Holland Park and Preston mm-hmm. Hollow. Why aren't y'all it's, pressing it's, up it's there? It's funny, man. Yeah. The statistics actually show that. It is not black Christians that are having a flight from the faith in mass. It's actually white Christians. Wow. Um, faith is still strong within the black community, as it always has been. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Of course, you know, I wonder you have apostates, why. you have people. Because it's, it's always been connected to a struggle. Yep. I know. That was and, sarcasm. And the tendency of the Lord in yeah. the midst of the struggle has been, has been our narrative. You but know? That, that leads to one of my core points that I, that I was going to make. How does a, a main question people got when I made that post is, bro, Jamal, how do you know that planting a church in South Dallas is going to lead to gentrification? Like, how, how do you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, well, just think about this logically. We planted a multi-ethnic church in South Dallas. Facts. It was very much multi-ethnic. That's facts. Like, literally, when we first started, it was probably like 40% black, 40% Hispanic, 20% uh, white. Or, uh, sorry, 40%... Black, 40% white, 20% Hispanic. Um, very, very multi-ethnic. And literally, probably 75 to 80% of our members lived in South Dallas. Lived in 75215. Literally a, everyone... Community pulling up? Yes. Like, we would lose power, and, like, I would drive or walk, like, to, like, a neighbor's house, and we would, like, stay with whoever had power. Yeah. Like, we were living life for life for real, for real. Yeah. So... The reason why I say it would lead more to gentrification because we were going literally door to door, um, inviting people to our church and offering people, um, offering to pray for people and sharing the gospel with people. And like exactly to your point, what you were saying, a lot of the people when we invited them to church, y'all could probably guess what happened with black people in churches. 
It's like my mama was going to Mount Pisgah Baptist Church for the last like 50 years of her life. <laughs> Black people are loyal to their churches. Yeah. So you go, you moving into this community where with 130 churches in South Dallas, which they may not all go to churches in South Dallas. They might be going to IBOC or they might be going to OCBF or Mount Zion Baptist Church. So, you know, whatever. Um, we will invite them to South Dallas Community Church. We wouldn't get a lot of people who came. We would get some, but we didn't get a lot of people who came because one of the main things, if they did go to church, was, oh, I go to such and such missionary Baptist, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, I go to this church. So it's like, okay, you're planting a church in a black community where most of the black people are probably not going to go to the church. Your church you, can, you can be giving out money and they aren't going to go to your church because they loyal to their church. That's just how it is. And they'll visit one time, but they're not going to become members of your church. So what's going to happen? As South Dallas gentrifies, you're going to be attracting people who are moving into South Dallas to capitalize or the real estate or wilderness or, or people who live in the Southern sector. Cause that's yeah. what happened to us. We got people who lived in the gentrified part of Oak cliff yeah. and then they will come to South Dallas community church. Cause they don't know the difference in South Dallas and Oak cliff. Mm-hmm. They will come to South Dallas community church because oh, it's an Acts 29 church in South Dallas. It's closer. I don't have to drive all the way to flower Mountain. I don't have to drive all the way to Acts North 29 Dallas church. Yeah. I'm crying. <laughs> Earlier, did you did both of y'all say that like uh, I guess during the time of gentrification, somewhere y'all churches had to come together? No, so that so that wasn't so much gentrification. So um, uh, to this day, honestly, I don't I don't really know the behind the scenes as to why our church uh, had to dis disband. Mm-hmm. It really just kind of happened. Yeah. Um, it went from hey, we're going to start doing our services together at this church, and we collab with their church. And, well, it was you know. it was primarily y'all primarily was with Mercy Street or yeah. DCC. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And then you know we 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 collabed, and sometimes they swapped. We swapped pastors occasionally. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying we even were tithing mm-hmm. together at that church, et cetera. And then it just stopped, and there really yeah. wasn't any communication. So that okay. I don't think that was a gentrification okay. thing. Um, I think it was you know behind the scenes stuff that we just to this day I don't know of. So, yeah. okay. but I think ultimately what is going to happen. And I could be completely wrong. And to be completely honest, I hope that I'm wrong. You know what I mean? But just in, I think, my healthy skepticism, Mm -hmm. I think that you're going to get a low amount of people from the community to come to your church. And you're primarily going to attract people from, you're going to attract, just be real, you're going to attract primarily white people and middle class uh, ethnic people to your church that are going to learn more about the community, find cheap plots of land. They're going to find a cheap house, and eventually, you just it's is going to contribute to the already, you know, increasing gentrification that's happening in South Dallas. And I don't think that's their intention, but I think when you don't heed the voices that are telling you, because I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only person who's. Sure. Said something I'm sure there's probably A lot of meetings Behind the scenes I had tagged people Like man Y'all really need to meet With this person And this person And this person Cause they are gonna have A lot more Wisdom than I have I'm just I'm just speaking How I see it So Yeah I think You know And even What I say I, I personally Sit on Both sides of the equation Here I, I think Yeah There are benefits To churches planning And Um largely impoverished neighborhoods and communities. 
Um, I think it's just the ignorance to say, like you're saying, this community that has all of these different churches, literally a church on every corner. Like not for even, real, for real. Not even an exaggeration. Um, to think that we're then going to bring how we do church into this community and think we're going to just siphon off or get a whole lot of members. I think that's ridiculous. I think, to me, I see a benefit of a church with the level of resources that maybe a watermark or a village has coming in and providing, you know, auxiliary services to the Absolutely. community. Absolutely. So, and, and, I, and I can speak of watermark because where I work at, we're, we've, we've been teeter-tottering and in, in working with them in different uh, in different facets. But, for example, one thing I really appreciate, and I want to be clear, I'm just talking about the South Dallas campus and what they're trying to do. Um, what was that? You're good. Okay. Um, one thing that they're, they're, they're trying to do is they're trying to flip that building into, um, or one of the parts of that building into a, a, a two-story uh, food pantry where essentially like the community can come and get groceries uh, for free or at a very low cost. Um, and to be in South Dallas in that area, yeah. that's an amazing asset, right? Absolutely. Another thing they do, um, they give out, uh, we were, we were, we were going to do a partner with them on the back to school bash. We went a different direction. Um, but they give out free health screenings every year um, with their mobile clinic. And so that mobile clinic sits at that church um, three, four, five days out of the week. And they offer, you know, various different health options or services quality health options and services in a community where you'd have to drive, you know, another 10 minutes, 12 minutes to get to Baylor and Deep Ellum, right? So I where think, most people in South Dallas don't have cars. It, hello. Thank you. Yeah. So they have to do public transportation. So they, they take the dart. And if you don't got the money to get on like the dart. So yeah. like that, mm-hmm. that being posted up right there on Elsie on, on Fahagan at, at, mm-hmm. at, that, at, that, at that church is a huge asset. Yeah. Right? So I think there's a benefit to saying, and I don't know how strategic this was. I don't know. I, I, I wasn't in there when they were planning all that kind of stuff. But to bring the, those types of resources to that community, I think that's a real benefit. I think, again, it goes back to the base problem of are you looking and, and really getting to know people and what they need? Because it's not going to be another Sunday service, right? Maybe, mm-hmm. it's, we, maybe it's we buy this huge building at a crazy discount and – we're doing, you know, auxiliary services where we're providing, again, food, food services, health services, career services. Um, so that's kind of where I'm like, I think it, it doesn't have to look like an actual Sunday service where we come on Sunday, come on Wednesday. Yeah. We don't have to confine ourselves to that box. Yeah. But if you're not studying, if you're not getting to know people, then the box is all you'll be able to operate in. Yeah. Indeed. There's... Uh, oh. No, okay, I'll go. Uh, so there's there's two there's two sides of that though that I would 100%. I want to give feedback on. One is, I think that is okay to do. Like I think that's dope that they're doing that, but it's also just acknowledging the fact that there's ministries and churches that's been doing that for a long time as well. So it's just like. You're adding to it, so there's 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 mm-hmm. definitely a need. So don't get me wrong, yeah. there's definitely a need for it. But it's just like you're also just like replicating something that's already happening. 
on the other side of it. That's every hood, though. Every every hood has that problem. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Every hood has that problem. Every hood has 12 different mentor programs. Every hood has Young Life. Every hood, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, for sure. That's FCA. So I think it's, it's and that's why, again, we talk about how you go about things. Yeah. Yeah, but the other side of it too is you mm-hmm. look at that Isaiah one passage. Yeah, it also says to correct oppression. Yeah, so it's like it's also y'all y'all are a church that has the means and then the 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 economic and political power to swim upstream to correct the reason why South Dallas is a food desert. Yeah, like are that is the justice. And in my, I mean, I'm I'm no exegetical scholar. But in a, you know, the Bible is clear, right? You know, a plain, a plain reading of Isaiah 1, which I'm sure there's a lot of, like I said, there's probably a lot of exegetical work to do in that passage. But for in my, from my vantage point, I think it would be, it would, it would be fair to say it's a very biblical idea that God would delight more in a church to correct the injustices going on in the South Dallas than to plant a church just to hold worship services in South Dallas as in any other place that you could do across the metroplex. So so to, to that, I, I would say again, I, I don't think you have to choose one or the other because I think, again, there are churches that are doing that, Cornerstone. Absolutely. Cornerstone does not do it to the level that they do it. And that's simply because they have the resource, right? And, I, and that's and that's just coming from somebody. But who, why not just come alongside Pastor for sure, Chris? For sure, and I think that goes you know back I mean? to how you do something. Yeah. But just because there is something else to do doesn't mean you can't feel this need. I don't disagree with you. I think it, it they, can be both. And yeah, I, I think it can be both. But I think again, it, it really does go back to how are you going about something? Because even though they're doing these very much needed uh, uh, services and programs, I'll be honest and. I don't know their heart behind it, and and if I and if I go I don't by, either. and yeah. if I go by Watermark's history, their heart behind it probably isn't great, and that's the t- and, and, and hear me. Here's the tough part, right? Here's Ooh. here's the tough part about church plants. You will inherit your main campus's reputation. That part, and that is the tough part because here's the thing. I know. I know uh, uh, Marvin, the guy that is the lead pastor mm-hmm, over there. Mm-hmm. He came out of OCBF. I know mm-hmm. several people that know him, speak very highly of him. Mm-hmm. The unfortunate part about that is the name he's under. And, 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 and even to that effect, even being able to meet some of the people from their medical team and hear their heart behind it, right? I think it's very, very, very tough to do something in any community that you're foreign to because one either people are not going to accept you two yeah. you're going to be you're going to be splitting resources whether that's people whether that's actual monetary resources whether that's real estate whatever it is you'll be splitting resources and then three there's always the possibility that you will be stepping on somebody's toes mm-hmm. because the other part of that is I love the thought and the idea of being able to go to this church in South Dallas that has been there for 50, 60, 70, 80 years and mm-hmm. say, here, here, here are resources. Do with them whatever you think needs to be done. But I've been on the other side of that conversation where people have literally mishandled 
Absolutely. Time and time again. Absolutely. And so I think it's 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 not exactly, and this is not to negate your point about you have the resources to do this, but also, as you said, swim upstream and correct some of these political mm-hmm. and social issues that are being done. But I think it's such a pervasive issue that it really does go back to the heart and how you do something. Yeah, yeah. When, when, when you have people that actually have the ability to do so, I, I think that's really what it is. Like yeah. Those churches literally have politicians attending Absolutely. I'm going to read the scripture and then uh, say one thing and we'll go to smoke session. Certain politicians, um, at least. Leviticus 19 9, 9 is one of my favorite scriptures. Now, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap to the very corners of the field, nor shall you gather the gleanings, grain left after reaping, of your harvest. And you shall not glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather its fallen grapes. You shall leave them for the poor and for the stranger. I am the Lord your God. Whenever he puts his signature or something, he's serious. And so that just goes to show me that the fact that there is a harvest, number one, shows that God's providing. And so if God is providing, he doesn't want you to look at everything you've gathered and take it for yourself. You must. It's literally a spiritual law to if something was to naturally fall off of a tree, if an apple fell off a tree naturally, you can't pick it up. That's supposed to be God allowed that to fall so that somebody that needs that's it for the single mother. You feel me? That's for and the so fatherless. If there's an abundance in your church, that means people should be able to come and get the scraps and then be provided for. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, I do want to say this because in the midst of a, I don't want it to sound like a bad session. Um, shout out some churches. Um, I, I believe, uh, you know, Oak Cliff, I feel like one, one of the churches I feel like it does a great job of capitalizing in the community. They've not only um, had the ability and resource to purchase the Oak Cliff Country Club, you know what I'm saying? Um, they have uh, so many resources for domestic abuse therapy. Um, they have the schools, et cetera. Um, one of my favorite ones, while I was on tour, on the PIA tour, uh, I went to a church in Jacksonville, Florida, called Potter's House Church in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Man, it was uh, uh, Vaughn McLaughlin, I, I believe. And when I tell you this, first of all, the pastor was cool. Mm-hmm. Like, solid dude. And not only was he an amazing speaker, kind of like, not, he, he didn't preach, he, just, he, he really sold into me personally um, in, in, the, in the little time we did before the show. When he gave us a tour of the church, the church was the entire, uh, what's it called, like, uh, Building right here, building right here, building right here, building right here. That entire thing. That was all the church. Campus. That, uh, the, oh, no, it was a lot. A lot. He owned, he, it was a oh, whole lot. Lie, lie, lie. He owned the entire lot. And so there was a mall that was owned by the church that you can go into and shop. There was a restaurant, a successful restaurant they had there. Then they had the church. And then on the side of it, he has a auto shop. And then on the other side, he has the basketball court. Anybody can go to there. When I asked him about the auto shop, he said, wait, so, like, man, like, y'all got an auto shop here? Like, like man, do people come here? Like, he's like, people come all the time because we don't charge. Mm-hmm. I said, what do you mean you don't charge? He said, he said, I mean, we pay our auto, like, our mechanic, but the people need their car fish, car issues fixed here in the community. That's what's and up. so if you're in the community, you can just come here and get your car fixed. And I'm sitting here like. <laughs> That's justice. <laughs> this is just, like, like, you're literally seeing what the need is. So, shout out, first of all, shout out to, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Potter's House. Um, you know, if Dallas Potter's House, y'all get a shot too. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about Potter's House Hilarious. in Jacksonville, Florida. Because, like, man, that, that really touched my heart when I saw that. Because I'm like, man, like, y'all are truly, 
looking at everything the community needs. They need clothing. Okay, we're gonna start. We're gonna make a mall. They need places to hoop. Hoop. Okay, but let's let's build a gym. Okay, y'all need y'all need your car issues fixed. I'm gonna build you a, a auto shop. But then also, what I think a fundamental, I would just say theological difference that I think is rooted in this conversation is that. A lot of the churches that are planting in South Dallas, they don't see that as the gospel. They just see that as charity or as good works. They don't see that as the gospel. Man, Th- think about mo- most. Most they like, the gospel is salvation from your sins. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Yeah. They don't see the gospel yeah. as Genesis one to Ge- Genesis one to Revelation twenty two. They don't. They don't see the gospel as literally baked in the middle of Isaiah one, where it yeah. says you will you you know you will be washed. Uh, from your sins you will be white as snow says to cease to do evil do justice justice. correct oppression if you do these things you will be washed clean so it's like a, a, a lot of people don't see literally this was one of the main issues in our church the south Dallas community church was really a split of thought between do we serve the people's needs and seek justice for the people in the community in a historically disenfranchised community or do we preach the gospel and evangelize and you know tell them about about Jesus and the cross and da da da? Obviously, you do both, but it's just like a lot of times these these uh, the the ideology that's coming into these communities is we need to save their souls. the The charity aspect of it is just a means to an end to get them into the building so they can hear the gospel. Not think that they already know the gospel because there's 130 churches in South Dallas. Where was that church in Florida? Jacksonville. I I think that reminds me of when I went to Utah, and Utah is like heavily Mormon. But I was in Salt Lake, and how they kind of have their, and I'm not super versed in like how they how it is, but essentially from my understanding, they have churches in smaller neighborhoods that kind of act like community centers. Mm. And they kind of, it's very legalistic, but they, they kind of like, determine your value based on like your attendance and your giving. And so like one of the big things is if you're getting married, you want to get married in like the real big temple. But to get there, um, the guy was telling me you have to like attend church, give all these kinds of things. And as we were talking and driving through Salt Lake, he was like, oh yeah, and the Mormon church owns this. And the Mormon church owns that. They own the biggest outdoor mall in the city. And I mean, this mall was like North Park times 10. Had like a river flowing through it, all the kinds of things, and they were like, "Yeah." And the church's, uh, the big temple was right across the street from the mall, and we're looking at all the things they own. And as I'm looking, and I'm like, "Man, they're able to affect the literal community their churches are in because of their ability to own things." And so I think another concept that kind of came to me when I, when you talk about Acts chapter 2 where like they went and they moved and they gave and nobody went without is a lot of times the biggest issue with a lot of these churches especially in smaller communities is ownership and the ability to have resources to do what they need to do and I think a lot of times I think we kind of we're, we're, we're talking about churches coming in to, to these communities I wonder is anybody ever like really trying to help them get to a place where not only they are thriving, um, profitable, not in the red or not owing so many people, but like owning, owning because like that's freedom right there. 
from from a literal sense, are you owning the very land that you are on? Yes, sir. Welcome to the area of the podcast called The Smoke Session, where the live studio audience has the ability to come through with the questions, comments, concerns, or the smoke. But beware, because we do keep a gas mask. So, live studio audience. First of all, live studio audience, make some noise. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Got a lot of... A lot of lovely people out here. If y'all have any questions, comments, concerns, or some smoke, please come to the seat. You know what I'm saying? We'll give you the mic. Or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just chop it up with us. Talk to us. Talk to us. Uh, why they making their way over there? What's your question? What's up? The question you had. Why they making their way to the seat? You had a question. I, oh, man. I told you to keep it, bro. Dang. You should have just asked Indeed. it. Indeed. You should have wrote it down. Wrote it down? Okay. I'll type it on my phone next time. <laughs> if it come, if it come, it'll up, come back. Uh, uh, Indeed. It I feel like we got some people talking in the back. Let me try, what yeah, they got to say? Come on up. You don't know what I'm saying? Be shy. The seat is hot. It's going to be the quickest the episode we've ever come had. Come through. Demario, yeah, come on. Yeah, what you got? Come here. Yeah, hey, get up. Get up. Yeah, come on. Yeah. It's, it's not even about the amens. That's why you was amen. You got experience. That's why she was amen. We try to hear about your experience. Oh, that's Demario. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're talking about your experience. There you go. Y'all irritated. Welcome, welcome. Hello. You look nice. What's Thank up? You. Indeed. The Marie. Um, hi guys. Hey. Um, so I'm gonna talk a little bit about my church plant experience. Um, I was in part of the Hillsong plant. Tragic, right. <laughs> Tragic. Um and there was a lot of push to expand into the South Dallas community. Me and two other black individuals were just spearheading that event. You know, we were the black representation. You were the marketing we, team. We were the marketing team. We were the South Dallas marketing team. Literally, we were Please. doing photo shoots. We were advertising. <laughs> you know, we had exclusive shirts made all the whole nine um it was very much like hey we're gonna go out to the community we'll serve the community we did one outreach event and it was um no, like i want to say uptown area but very similar to that area nowhere near south side at all um <laughs> people were donating clothes and things like that and we like you know set it up for them to come and get you know clothes shoes food, whatever. Um, I think, and a lot of what y'all were saying, especially about being the justice of the community, about if y'all have the resources to come down here, y'all need to know the community, know the market that y'all are trying to bring in. Don't think that someone that looks like the people you're trying to get is going to be the people to actually get the people in. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not our job. It was not our job. Like, and we were, we were advised and pushed out there like so blind. Like it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Just the whole thing. Um, so when y'all were talking about that, I was really just like, like, that's really good just because a lot of people, and I know other churches or other individuals who were talking about planning in South Dallas and, you know, just that mindset of, like, you're coming into a space ignorant. 
you're coming into a space that you are not taking the time to learn about. You're not sitting down with the people that you're trying to use to influence this space to actually get their take on like, you know, you know, they're asking stuff like, is this what black people like? And they're including stuff like, you know, well, this wasn't Black Lives Matter at the time, but it was, um, I can't remember who had just been shot and killed at that time. I want to say it was, I want to say it was. Botham? Botham? I, th I think so. I really can't remember. Yeah. Um, but it, it was like off the heels of that. And they, he was just like, he called a team meeting. He was like, we need to rally behind our people. And, you know, they shouldn't have to experience this. These are our, you know, our people. We should rally behind them. But it's like, sir. Yeah, that's, it's, it's, like, it's, it's a couple of these years y'all missed out on. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's I, a I, lot. I, th I think if it was that one, it was because um, the instance was something that they were familiar with, just yeah. running. Yeah. Oh, somebody got shot while just running? Yeah. That's not, that's not a common thing black people do. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's, like, that's, that's something that people do in certain neighborhoods. Right. And so they can empathize with that. And it's like, wait, so we actually saw it wrong. He wasn't doing nothing but running, and now he's gone. I can relate because I run. How, how would I feel if I was threatened? Right. If I was, um, so, it's, yeah. so, it's, <laughs> so it's interesting. And it, 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 in my heart of hearts, I'm, I'm not being messy. True. Um, in my heart, I'm not, I'm not being messy. I actually did watch the, uh, the, the Hillsong documentary, yeah. and um, it was interesting, the one segment where, and I'm, I'm interested if you experienced this too, where essentially uh, the church wanted to display your black face but didn't want to listen to your black voice. Absolutely. It, absolutely. Like, <laughs> every Sunday, I was, we did a photo shoot, the whole nine, there's like, Outreach, outreach, outreach. I was literally, every slide about outreach and giving, it was myself. It was myself and Jordan. And there was another photo of myself. I just had a different wig on. So they wanted to just kind of play it like it's just like, you know, oh, this, like, black community. Like and the same day? Huh? The same day you two different wigs? So, so. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh and they God. requested it. They requested it. No, they were no, like, no, 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 no. Let me know. They requested you bring another wig. Let me tell you. Let how, me so tell how, you. What are you talking ask, about? Hey, what are you talking do you have a curly about? one? No, because no, hey, they're like, yep. girl, like, we just love your hair. Like, we love your just diversity. We just love the diversity. Yay. And we just want to display that. So, like, um, if you have, like, this, well, this is a, the same wig, but it was a little bit longer at the time. Like, I kind of chopped it off. Okay. Cool. And then I had, like, a curly, like, curly fro wig. And then it was another image, like, I had my, my low cut at the time. So it was other images where I was just, like, my natural hair, like, low cut fade. Shut up. So they just, um, like, make you twist the angle so you, like, to the people. Literally, we want literally. Jackie, when, Trina, um, when it was time to, like, like no. greet the people, like, if it was, like, newcomers and things like that, if they were black, yeah. we were, I was ushered to them to, like, speak to them and usher them into the family and... You know, um, be the liaison for all things cultural and ethical and diversity. But then when we're actually having these meetings, talking about, okay, what's the process to actually outreach this community? We weren't invited to those meetings because that was outside of our role at the time like mm. we were you know what i mean we were outside of those meetings we was going we was getting invited to the airbnbs though yeah we was kicking it though the airbnbs you know, we, is that where they did church 
Oh, no, Airbnbs was like, no, so we had services at Gillies, where mm-hmm. Social Dallas is now having their services. Yeah. So we had our services there in Gillies, the same room, everything. Um, but, like, air, the Airbnbs was, like, the the afterwards, like, the after entertainment, like, what they had. Okay. Baby, we was partying. Baby, we was in... $5,000 a night Airbnb. So what I'm hearing is I need, to, I need to watch this documentary. <laughs> you need to watch the documentary ah, for sure. Okay. Just wait, wait, wait. Airbnbs wasn't a documentary. Okay, this, so this, I won't this, watch is, the documentary. this is exclusive content. And I'm really not trying to like paint it to like, oh, we was doing this. In the, I really want, I'm really saying this just to show like there is no connection between these these churches that say they want to plant here and they think they're serving and doing the Lord's work by being here. There's no connection between like them as an individual and who the people actually are in these communities. Man. These people do not care about yeah. the fact that you have an LED screen and all these lights and the fact that you got an espresso machine and front, you know what I'm saying? You could come and get coffee before you walk in. These people don't care about that. Yeah. They want to know, can I have resources? Do you have resources to help me take care of my kid? Yeah. Do you have resources so I can give my child some yeah. diapers? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm, I'm going without food trying this to feed my true. child. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Do we have resources to connect me to a better job yeah. so I can get yeah. my family out of here? Yeah. That is what those people are looking for. They're looking for hope and they're looking for resources. They're looking for action. Jeez. They're not looking for all Give of this a stuff. Yeah. Give her a button. <laughs> no, I was about to say, that's providing resources the gospel. Oh, yeah. yes, ma'am. And I, and, I, and I think a lot of the issue is, too, like the heart behind it is y'all need us. It's not y'all need Jesus. Yeah. Because if it is y'all need Jesus, then we look through his lens and we see what y'all needs from that. But every time it's like we're going to give y'all what we believe that y'all need. You know what I'm saying? I constantly yeah. keep saying that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do, now, remind me of your name. Demarie, okay, Demarie. Would you say that you were hurt during this process? Like, was this? Absolutely. I, I would have. I mean, I assume. I assume so. Currently, like this, this, everything kind of got dismantled, like towards the end of 2020, 2021, about the end of 2020, everything was kind of like done. Um, but like to this day, like I'm actively going to therapy, you know what I'm saying? Talking about these things so I can open myself up back to another ministry, you know what I'm saying? Getting back into church. Like it's a, it's a thing. Like when you are, when you're being manipulated in such a way, um, cause they're presented it as like, you're, you know, you're doing God's work. Like you're serving, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is what, this is what God is at calling you to do. This Goodness. is what God is asking of you, um, for this ministry and things like that. And it's being presented in such a way. And just to know on the flip side of this, this was all propaganda. This was also, you can look good. This was also, we can Man. put a face to this community and try Man. to bring the scraps of people who, you know what I mean? Like trying to bring all that together. Like it was, it was all fake, yeah. and it not only did it crush like us as individuals, like people were really like there was a wave that was going on where people were really excited. You know what I'm saying? Like this is something new. Um, they're really serious. Everyone know Hillsong is an international, you know, entity. So that's money behind that. You know what I'm saying? So they're like, finally, like we're actually getting the ball rolling on this, and. Mm. That wasn't so what's the, case. the do, do you feel like the documentary in any way kind of affirmed 
and gave you some closure? Um, I think I got my closure like before the documentary and stuff came out. Um, like me and Brandon, like we've had like multiple conversations. Like me, Brandon, Jordan had multiple conversations of just like expressing our feelings, expressing our hurt and pain, but really just like, okay, how do we move on from this? Um, I think, I think the documentary did a good job um, stating the facts. There wasn't a lot of because it it happened like Dallas was like maybe 30% of what was going on compared to like what was going on in LA and New York and all that stuff. Dallas is where everything just kind of came to a head. Um, but like I've seen, I've seen closure with God. I've just yeah. been like Christ. working through the emotional part of it through therapy. Mm. Um, but that's, it's just detrimental. It's detrimental to the community. It's detrimental to the people that you claim or like you know being called and like this is your serving this is what god is wanting you to do like you're trying to be the good christian and things like that um yeah so so not to if if you can't do it that's cool but if you had any word of encouragement for black attendees that were a part of hillsong that may have have your same story like is there anything you'd like to tell them um one i would say that's not a representation of who God actually is. Um, Specs. I was I was saying that in the podcast from Fifty Two Dallas. I was just because we was kind of talking about it a little bit, and I was just like, the church is the church is always going. There's going to be an aspect of church that's going to always misre- misrepresent who God is, and that's just because of our humanity. Um, we're imperfect. Some of us are greedy. Some of us go after things like for their own gain, and people are hurt like through that but just because that happens that doesn't mean that that god is the same way i would also say be more vocal like if you hearing like if you're hearing talks about you know hey we're trying to diversify things or there's more of you know we're trying to include like you know um poor communities or the black communities y'all need to be more vocal be like hey Y'all need more people in these rooms having these conversations. You know what I'm saying? It shouldn't just be the pastoral staff and all of them, like you said, live in Highland Park. You know what I'm saying? With no godly idea as to what's actually going on in the black community. You need people, actual black people, in those conversations when y'all are talking about outreach in those communities. And if there's those, that's not happening, you need to be that voice. Like, speak up. Don't be afraid to speak up about that. Don't be afraid to say, like, hey, y'all are missing something. <laughs> like, don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to to voice yourself in those moments. So that's what I was that's, saying. I, man, I appreciate you sharing. I think, uh, and this may take it a different route, so I apologize if we kind of branch off into something else. But it really does break my heart to hear that, um, the, not that the church hurt you, because like you said, it's imperfect people. Um, but it, it, it went so deep that somebody, and I know you personally, so I feel like I can say that somebody who does have a passion to serve the Lord was driven into therapy because of how you were led as somebody who served and has been serving in church for, I don't know, almost my whole life working in nonprofit. One of the things that I just from a leadership standpoint, I just hate it is when we have people like yourself immensely gifted, called to serve in, in, in an extraordinary way in the body. 
And because of how you are being led or have been led, you now see your gift as a burden. You now see your gift as something that is triggering. I have a friend that's going through that right now. I ask him to come do this, and it's like, that's a hesitation. Mm-hmm. And now it, what, it, what happens is the way the, what God has naturally gifted you to edify the body, which is something that should bring you joy and fulfillment, has now become this thing that is a thorn in your side. It's all religious trauma. That's what it is. It, all because of how you've been led. We talk, about, we talk a lot about stewardship from a personal level, but we never challenge our leaders to steward those who they lead and also their giftings well. And so what is what is so very scary is you could hear somebody say you're serving, you're called to do this, this is what you're supposed to do. And it sounds like something you should be doing. But we never hear people talk about how do I keep you in this position to where you can serve with joy, but not feel burnt out doing it. We never talk about as leaders. We put that on. We put that on the people we we we, we lead. Yeah. Don't get burnt out. Make sure you're taking your rest. Take time with your family. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. we never talk about the environments in which these people are serving in. Am I creating an environment that brings joy? Right? Because and not happiness. Because you ain't always gonna be happy at your job. Let's kill that. But. Are you, are you in a place where I'm leading you in such a manner that although this work is tough, you, are not, you, you, you aren't struggling to remember the joy that comes with serving the body? Yeah. I, and, I literally put up, one, I put up a tweet this week and just said there needs to be labor laws on nonprofits. We would all yep. take L's. Yeah. Be Go to jail. We would all take so many but, L's. But along those same lines... Like, Trey, what you were saying is exactly what I was thinking, like, hearing your story, Demaria. like, it's brands come and go, but it's often the people that are left in the wreckage. And Facts. that, the, the main Facts. reason why I even want, I didn't want to post that. I, I texted that post to several different people, including my wife over here. I texted to several different people like, should I post this? I know it's going to be smoke. <laughs> but I was literally having a conversation with my former manager who yeah. is not a believer. And we were just talking and he had an aspiration to go into ministry. But he saw literally reading about church history. I mean, it was a little bit more on the skeptical side of things, but I think he had a very good point. He was like, man, I, w- I felt called to go to ministry. But I read about church history and, and a lot of the bad things that happened in the church and in church history. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to do it because of the cor- corruption. And I was talking about my experiences and, and how I've, with stuff I've seen in nonprofit and churches and stuff behind the scenes that I've seen and said, yeah, man, same thing. And I was talking about South Dallas. He's like, oh, yeah, people, people playing in church in South Dallas. Oh, that's about real estate. Like, and I was just like, he sees it so clearly. So in, in light of all of that, the main reason why I posted that and why like, I, I love that you shared your story is because I'm mainly concerned about the people of color that's going to be caught in the wreckage. Yeah. I'm yeah. concerned about, because multi-ethnic churches, planting in inner city communities, it is first and foremost, 
always black women that Next. that get hurt the most because they're mm-hmm. in the front lines. They're in the front lines. My, you know, my black pastor married to a black wife, like had black friends, like really close black friends that were a part of the church. They're black wives. They felt the tension first, but a lot of people didn't listen to their pain because like you were saying, Trey, I, I think it was, it was a perfect, perfect, um, you know, segue into what, and what I was like thinking this whole time that you were talking is that a lot of times you don't even think you don't even think about it. A lot of times we put the mission over the body. Let we me, put the ooh. mission of the church. Acts twenty nine. Plant yeah. plant more churches. You yeah. plant churches. Yeah. We're thinking about planting churches yeah. without shepherding the people who make up the churches. Can I can I just can I just interject right there? I think we've confused the mission. We think the mission is the church, and the, really Jesus is showing us the Disciple. mission is the people. Disciple. What exactly. was the last thing he told them? Go ye. Go ye yeah, make more. more Disciples. disciples. Go forth to all the nations. nations. Yep. Not 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 go build me buildings. Mm-hmm. God created the garden, then He planted Eve and Adam in it. Mm-hmm. What does that tell us? He's more concerned mm-hmm. about us about us than us abiding. Uh, and, abi- and the last thing He said in that is, "And and though I will be with you in all the days, and and that and that I actually just now realize this. I've been studying Exodus like." God's presence, like yeah. I am, really means like <laughs> yeah. I will be present. Exactly. exactly. So it's like God's pre- and even Moses in, in Exodus, I believe it's chapter thirty-three. Exodus, God's like, yeah, yeah, y'all can go ahead and go to the Promised Land, but uh, you know, I'm a chill right here. Y'all can go ahead of me. Yeah. And Moses is like, nah, like wherever you go, I want to go. Exactly. Like if your presence is real, presence ain't going. I ain't trying to go. And it's just like a lot of times we take our mission to places where God's presence. Is not present and it's, and it's because it's easier for me to build something than it is to be in relationship with somebody different than me. Sheesh! This building not gonna talk back. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I don't have to. I don't have to sit in the experience of somebody hurt by racial tensions or yep. hurt by abuse or anything like that. It's easier to build. It's easier to build these buildings, these kingdoms, than it is. To actually be in a relationship with people. But again, yep. that is our main goal. We are ambassadors. Mm-hmm. We yep. are ambassadors. We are we are disciple makers. Mm-hmm. And so we forget that our mission is people. Exactly. God's gonna bring the kingdom. Exactly. He's like, and, get the bride ready. And just to wrap up before we have another question, that is my main burden. I yeah. don't I don't yeah. care about nothing in ministry cloud and networking and success and yeah. and all this stuff a lot of people because a lot of people actually agree with a lot of things that i will say but because they work in ministry they can't publicly speak about certain um, things because they well, probably lose their jobs <laughs> but that's the purpose of pop, outside man. of that outside of that <laughs> like i said like there are real people that were hurt yeah. because of what happened. Like my homie yeah. Billy, who 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 planted the church, like to see the grief that he's going through yeah. and like everything that he's have to had to go through and how he was treated as a pastor. He one of his reflections. I don't I don't mean to uh, to share one of the things that uh, that he had uh, told me, but I remember he him saying like one of the most neglected. Um, Positions within the church is the pastor, yeah. but the the uh, one of the most dehumanized 
positions yeah. in yeah. the ter- and objectify positions at the pastor. Pastor needs to do everything for everyone else. Yeah. And that's one of my biggest concerns too about Marvin, about Randall, about all of these black pastors. Yeah. Planting into these communities sent by just to be real majority white churches yeah. who have their mission and their agenda. Yeah. They are going to be the ones if it doesn't work the way they want it to work. Yeah. They're going to be the ones who are going to be in therapy. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be the ones yeah. who are going to be without a job searching yeah. for a career in their mid 30s and 40s yeah. with you know, a black wife and four children looking for a new job, looking yeah. for a career change. You know what I mean? Like that's going to be them. In the wreckage of all of these different things. I really and like as, this. So as, yeah. as an encouragement, and oh man, so as an encouragement, because I, I realize it, people like myself, I'm, I'm not as rare as I think, you know what I'm saying? Like people that just say what I want, you know what I'm saying? Like not, not, not to like this, but I, I really do just, like if I, if I was a part of that joint, they, I would have called that the Trillage. You feel me? Like we, we, we wouldn't even call it the Village no more. We'd call it the Trillage. Funny. But, but. For real, for real, though, like, there's a responsibility for people who are willing to stir up how you do so. Nathan didn't just come at David and said, you're an adulterer. You need to get out of here and it's time for you to receive the death penalty. He did so in a tactful way that was, hey, let me empathize. Let me allow you to see this story in a different way. And then let me put the mirror in front of your face. And so as an encouragement to those who are like myself, which I constantly got to check myself, it's not so much the message you're saying, it's how you're getting it across. You have a powerful message and you, you have the position to tell the powerful message, but you can't always walk around naked like some prophets. Sometimes you have. God calls people to walk around naked sometimes. Come on, Give the blatant. Talk. Crazy message. Talk to but him. other times, you have to be tactful in how you're doing it, especially when you're coming to the leaders. So, yeah. man, that's, that's just an encouragement for people who, and it's encouragement for myself too. Before you decide to put the mirror up, do so in a way that reflects how they can see things. And then by doing so, you're also allowing empathy to take place. You always want to empathize. So, yeah. What up? What up? Um, Well, the first thing I wanted to say, I wanted to call back to something earlier just to give a correction only because I want to put some respect on our people's name. Um, Oh, (laughs) well, so the when (laughs) earlier when she was talking about one of the one of the people that passed, um, if it was both them, then that was he died in his apartment because a police officer mistook mistook um, his apartment for hers. Ahmaud Arbery was in Georgia and that's who was running. Um, but my other, my question was, um, so you talked a lot about pursuing justice and we talked a lot about the resources these churches have. And it was also touched on that, um, some of the types of outreach that other churches are already doing or that these churches would like to do, they see as charity. So I want to ask in your opinion, given the resources, the political connections, like all of the, all of the stuff that these churches have at their disposal, what would justice look like in your opinion? What do you, what, like, what would the pursuit of justice tangibly look like? Even beyond South Dallas, but also in that context too. Um, yeah, that's a great question. 
You've been thinking of this for a while. I don't have that. I don't. I really. I don't have that. I don't have the. I don't think there's a direct answer. I think anybody who's doing any type of justice work does not have a clear. Like, how do you get rid of systemic <laughs> racism? Like, because you get the micro, because you yeah. get the micro, not the macro. Then. Exactly. But I would say I think there are some very, very tangible things that could be done in addition to church. Yeah. Like I said, churches yeah. that are doing charity and stuff yeah. like that, I think it's great. I think it's great work. But I think there's more. So I th- the more to that, I think is addressing um, um, incarceration, yeah. like mass incarceration yeah. in 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 the South Dallas communities. Uh, bail, like bail bond, like you think, like what you read in Leviticus nineteen. Like I think it's also in Deuteronomy. It talks about like, uh, like bail, <laughs> like it like in like bail and like interest and like different things like that. Like there's there's a lot of um, unjust laws um, in in talking about like giving resources to. I mean, I remember we walked, we knocked on the door of this one. It was a fifteen year old single mother. Her mom was like in her thirties, also a single mother, and it was just like we was like trying to figure like how, like how can we serve them? So it's just like very tangible things of like how can we serve the people in the community? Like um, like Mario was talking about like yeah like how are you supposed to help people who I'm just trying to get diapers for my kids? I'm trying to feed my kids, but addressing the situation, why can't you afford to give? your kids diapers is it just because you need jesus no it's because you need a better paying job why don't you have a better paying job you know what i mean um is it because you're a woman is it because you're a single mother it's because you have yeah you have a children because jobs discriminate you know what i mean and and like it's 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 thinking about the whole system why is the south dallas a food desert why why don't um, why don't grocery stores want to come to South Dallas? Why yeah. is yeah. South Dallas over-policed? Like, there's a lot of different situations you can address, but th- that's the thing. That's the irony. That requires loss of political capital and loss of power, and you're going to rub people the wrong way, but that's exactly what Jesus did. John the Baptist got killed by Herod, got his head chopped off because he was challenging his authority because he was doing something immoral and that got him killed and Jesus literally like him doing all the things that he did literally got him killed it wasn't just because you know it was like yeah obviously ultimately it was because of you know it was the Lord's will to crush him you know Isaiah 53 but it was also because like practically he he pissed off the wrong people you know what I mean the power indeed yeah. we got uh, one more and then we gonna wrap it up go ahead sir yeah, yeah absolutely sir Welcome, welcome. Hey, man, thank you for coming through, bro. Yeah, I was invited by a brother, but I don't think he's here tonight. Okay. Uh, I'm originally from Orlando, so I just moved out here to Dallas. So I, okay. Yeah. That's what's up, bro. Okay, okay, so we got a relative in Thank you from? Um, but I can't, I can't say that I've, I know the culture of Dallas so far. It's only been five months. Um, but... To go back to something she said, there's I actually dealt with that, I would say, in various places. Um, there's a verse that says in Proverbs 3, everybody got a Bible on the app? Yes, sir. On their on phone? Let's get engaged. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> go ahead and pull it up. If you, could, if you could flip your Bibles. Yeah. Tap, tap your Bibles to Proverbs your 3. Word. Okay. 
When, when you get there, say amen. <laughs> amen. Okay. So it's going to be Proverbs chapter 3, verse 28. Okay. All right. Let me know when y'all got there. Let me get a... Amen. Let me get on, a yes, Sersky. <laughs> yes, Sersky. We here. <laughs> All right. So to go back to what she said, which is very tactical, I would, I would say, in today's age, it says, do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. And to unpack that lively, I was in a men's group, right? And a brother in there was homeless. Mind you, I was in the season too at that very moment. Sometimes when you're in the season, God is showing you how to orchestrate people in the same season as you. So I was listening in just like this. It was my first time to that group because I just moved here. And a brother came in there. He was homeless. So it kind of humbled me because I'm like, man, like, I'm about to be evicted, but this guy don't even got a crib. Mm -hmm. So he came in there after everything was said and done. They asked for prayer, like, who prayer requests and this and the third. And everybody prayed for him. And I, I noticed that we always pray for each other, but you notice that Jesus always took action. There you go. He always put disciples in cities that they weren't prepared to to take action. Mm. He didn't just say pray over these people, you had to actually put a, a first foot forward and, and put something to it. And I noticed that these guys just was like, yeah, I'll pray for you. And they walked out the door one by one. And I looked at bro, because he, he didn't have a job. He lost his job because of some situation. I was like, bro, let me see your resume. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me see, let me get your, let me get your number. Let me see your resume. Like, where you at? Like, where you staying at, this, that, and the third. And I actually tried to get him a job. Like, I got him an interview and all that. Yeah. And he didn't get hired in my job, but that put faith in his heart to, to have endurance in his season. Because sometimes you have to hear a message, like you said, delivered the right way. Mm. Because you can have somebody preach the right word, but the deliverance is what can dismay somebody to go the other way, be discouraged. And I pay attention to that. I pay attention to tonality, deliverance, because a message is easily portrayed differently. And that's sometimes the issue with Christianity. And the pastor said it one time, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. We have an approach of a religion, which if you go back in the Bible, some of the Pharisees treated that as a law. And a law is man-made. In some cases, back then, up until this very point, gentrification, we going through that right now, according to some laws. And the approach is throwing off where we're not taking the right notion to fulfill our own people, to get them where they need to be. I'm going to actually follow up uh, with the script you did, James 2.15. Yeah. If a brother or sister is without clothing and lacks food for each day, and one of you says to them, Go in peace. Tough. Be blessed. It's the hand Warm for me. and feed yourself. Tough. But he does not give them necessities for the body. What good does that do? So too then, faith, if it does not have works, Ooh. by itself is dead. Thank you. That's exactly what you were saying, bro. Da, da, da. Like, like yeah. I, I remember I would preach that message to my kids at camp. 
and, yeah. and, and basically say like, man, what if I was talking to one of, talking to a homeless man? I was like, man, may the Lord bless and keep you. May you be filled. May you have everything you need. And I say, hey, did I do something good for him? He's like, yeah, you prayed for him. I said, I ain't do nothing for him. Because yeah. all I had was words. If I'm not willing to then sit down with him and share a meal, I did no good for him. Because faith without works is literally dead. Faith is the foundation That's of it. Tough. And on the foundation of faith, there is works. There's fruit that comes from that. We can't now, the, the, the mistake is a lot of people flip it and then make works a foundation. No, no, no. Works will never be the foundation. Faith will always be the foundation. And out of your faith will sprout works. Yeah. A tree bearing good fruit. If not, it'll be cut off and burnt. It's the same concept we see from the oh, Old mm-hmm. Testament up until the New. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. what is seeing right there, man, like, like huh? instances like that, if there is somebody and there is a need, and back to that, if you have the ability to help the need and fulfill it, just do it. The Lord is already telling you, you already gotten pricked in the heart. Fulfill the need. Fulfill the need. A lot of us get caught up in being in the season not knowing that that's give you attributes to teach other people in that season. Amen. Because you're so wow. focused on getting out of it oh my that goodness. you're not oh focused on what's in front of you. Able to relate. Oh you know what I'm saying? And um, like you said, the worst thing to do is... Is to say you pray for somebody, then go home to your crib, your job that you making well enough money, and you still got that back back sign back hindsight thought in your head that this person is on the street mm. and it's snowing mm. outside. Indeed. All right, that's all. Indeed. <laughs> man, so, that's so, good, so man, in closing, stuff. man, um, right, what is the Lord challenging you in this moment in your heart sure. to provide? What has God given you? Oh, you want to say something? Oh. <laughs> Indeed, that's hilarious. What is God telling you to do at this moment, man? Like, 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 what is God providing you with, and who is He pricking your heart to sow into? Who is He pricking your heart to disciple? Who is He pricking your heart to provide for? If so, listen to His call. Uh, closing this up. You want to say something, Jamal? Last any? word. Last word, Jamal. I mean, he oh, you could definitely. Oh, he was joking. Oh. He was, oh, he was, okay. he was actually um, kidding, yeah. Okay, I thought I was like, hey, we man. We do an outro we, song. Go ahead. Yeah, man, this was uh, yet another episode of Black Men Do Talk where we talked about so much. Went from a walk today. But at the end of it all, That's not awkward. I do that get to know somebody. Because I often pray. Serving can't start unless you have a relationship. So, we love y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. Uh, like, Smiles share, comment, subscribe. Shout out to the live studio audience. Shout out to our guest, Jamal. And we will see y'all on another episode. Thank you.